Welcome back, listeners, to the second installment in my Justice League mini movie review series. Today, I am reviewing Joss Whedon's Justice League. That's right, not Zack Snyder's Justice League just yet. I know Zack Snyder's Justice League came out yesterday. My review for that movie, I have seen it already. I have a lot of thoughts on the movie. My review for that is coming out tomorrow on Saturday. That will be the Saturday review. I know today is also the season finale for Servant. That review is going to be the next Saturday review. That's coming next week. Check the description below for the official date when it comes out. Now, before I get too far into the review... I am going to be talking some spoilers for this movie, so if you haven't seen the theatrical cut of Justice League or you don't want it spoiled per se, maybe you want a refresher before you go back and watch it, you want to watch it on your own and then go check out Zack Snyder's four-hour version, then you've been warned I'm about to talk spoilers. So unfortunately, Justice League had a very, very troubled production. Apparently, there was plenty of studio interference, I heard. Uh, Zack Snyder suffered a personal tragedy with one of his children. It was horribly sad, and it sounds like he was able to cut together some of the footage. He did film a portion of this movie, but ultimately, he just stepped away from the project, and Joss Whedon stepped in to film new scenes and finish the movie. But officially, this is a Zack Snyder film. If you read the opening credits, the back of the box says directed by Zack Snyder, a Zack Snyder film. So Joss Whedon has story credits. I think that's where um, you have to pay attention is the story is by Zack Snyder, but Zack Snyder does not get screenplay credit here. Joss Whedon get screenplay credit, which is very interesting. Uh, I think there was speculation whether Whedon would get directing credits. I think at this point, Snyder would have preferred Whedon's name um, under the director tag and just to have him completely left out of this project. I will save some talk of the controversy and what led to the Snyder cut for tomorrow's review. But nevertheless, just coming off of Batman v Superman, which I just watched, and I, the review for that is out, reviews in the description below. This movie is wildly different, tonally different, aesthetically different, even the aspect ratio is different. This is filmed in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, so it'll fill up all of your TV. This is a very bright, colorful film, and it honestly looks very, very different from what Snyder did with BVS. That's just the first thing I noticed right off the bat. There are some good elements about this movie. I know critics didn't like it. I actually didn't get to see this one in theaters. Just something about the trailers. The trailers were changing constantly, it seems like. They were going from this kind of dark tone to a light tone. I just was busy. I didn't get around to it. So I did check it out at the home cinema. But some of the positives that I took away from this is that in some aspects, it's a fun 80s style type movie. This feels very lighthearted. And I made that comment with Wonder Woman 84. Um, my review for that is on my Letterboxd page. And you can follow me on Letterboxd, link in the description below. 
but I noticed this right away when Steppenwolf steals the first mother box. It just feels very lighthearted, very playful. The stakes don't feel very high. Also, Barry Allen, played by Ezra Miller, is very funny at times. I found him to be the funniest part of this movie, sometimes probably a little or funnier than he needs to be. Um, I also was surprised to see Danny Elfman scored this movie. Apparently, Junkie XL did the original score, but he wasn't able to complete it. He stepped away when Snyder did. So for this new Snyder cut, um, Junkie XL is replacing Danny Elfman's score as far as I know. It's very different. It sounds very different from anything Hans Zimmer and XL did in BVS. I like it. He's bringing in from a lot of different movies that he's worked on. Um, but it's pretty good. And also kind of, it's funny at the end when Diana uses the lasso of truth to make Aquaman confess his true feelings. He lets down his macho facade and I find that to be a funny scene, but honestly, listeners, that's where my positives end for this movie. I am wildly disappointed with this, especially after I felt like BVS while could be congested at times and really did need that three hours to tell the story Snyder wanted. There is this movie's two hours long with credits. It's about an hour, 50 minutes. There's a lot missing in this movie that just didn't live up to what seemed to be promised in BVS. Um, you know, I'm disappointed. First off the bat, we don't even get a proper cyborg introduction. I mean, I know a little bit about this character, but most audiences won't. I felt like his origin was just utterly glossed over. Also, the writing in this, you can tell, is extremely compromised. The dialogue is bad. There's a really cringy dialogue scene between Lois and Martha. And it's just really unfortunate because Lois and Martha really don't need to be in this movie at all. They're really just carryovers that just honestly seem to pad the runtime. Lois and Clark get their reunion. Later on in the movie, I didn't find it very sentimental, very emotional. For the most part, they really just feel like background characters that are just plopped in there once in a while. Yeah, and the other thing is Diana's monologue when she explains to Bruce the whole backstory about the mother boxes and Steppenwolf coming to Earth. You know, that's a direct ripoff from The Lord of the Rings. I was really shocked how how giant of a ripoff it was. Um, it is cool to see the Green Lanterns flying around and whatnot, but gotta say, Peter Jackson beat you to it by about 20 years and did it far better. One of the other things that I just thought was really strange is the Flash is so fast, he should be able to just go up to Steppenwolf and stab him in the head. And then, done. The movie's over, they saved the day. Because whenever when he moves, everyone else slows down except Superman. Superman is just seemingly just as fast as him. I'll talk about that here in a minute. But yeah, I felt like that was a really strange missed opportunity. But here's where I really got to tear into the movie where I really take a lot of issue with it. This movie is made for families, if not for kids or very older kids, tweens, young teenagers, possibly. Um, the opening of this movie is silly. It's a little kid's iPhone interviewing Superman. And you can clearly tell that his uh, lip has been redone. They had to remove his mustache. That was a whole nother thing because he was grew a mustache for Mission Impossible 6. And they had to CGI out. In certain scenes, it looks pretty silly. Um, it's not for the whole movie. 
But you can tell this is what this looks like. They pulled it out of the movie Shazam. This is like in the movie Shazam. Um, it's just a really goofy way to open it. One of the other things is it looks like a majority of this movie is filmed in front of a green screen. The sets look really cheap. The world looks phony as can be. And honestly, I've got to take exception with how they introduce all of the characters in this movie, not just Cyborg, because the opening with Batman is bad. How does he know what a parademon is except in his memory from the last movie that had this dream about it? He knows they can smell fear. There's just a lot left unexplained. Um, also, the opening montage with the song is really bad, too. There's these people committing some kind of hate crime against Muslims. There's talk about global warming. So there's just this very kind of mild political agenda woven throughout here. It has nothing to do with the plot, with the rest of the movie. It it just is really unnecessary and really strange. Um, and you know, when Wonder Woman is introduced, her fight is fun until she rolls her arms around like she's doing the Macarena, blocking bullets, and then... The bad guy says, what are you? And she says, I'm a believer. You know, I don't know if she's about to break into the end of a Shrek song or what. And then Aquaman's introduction is pretty silly too. Because there's like these Nordic fishing people and they drew Aquaman images on their wall like they're cave people. What? You know, this is clearly an attempt at recreating an, a lighthearted 80s action movie. I got to restipulate that. It really is because there's hokey introductions. There's low stakes action disguised as high stakes thrills. Um, I, I wonder if that's what Whedon was going for. You know, I, I like what Whedon has done in the past with some of his projects. He did a really great job with the first Avengers movie. But and I understand he's taking over a ship that was sinking. So it's hard to course correct. But, you know, also Barry Allen drawing on a man's face is just a really childish thing. Um, and then Superman's introduction is really weird because he doesn't remember who he is, which just made me crack up when Diana says it in a hilarious way. And, you know, Lois just shows up out of nowhere. I guess Batman contacted her. And especially in this scene, the environment looks so fake. And then Superman remembered all he remembered was fighting batman he didn't remember batman saving his mom and them fighting doomsday together so he repeats tell me do you bleed which is so stupid they they even went there and then you know the movie has to have some kind of emotion with superman he's like the only character that can have an emotion in any of these movies it seems like and they have this really meaningless reunion between lois Martha, who shows out of nowhere because Clark says, will you call my mom in the next? And like immediately she's just driving her truck up there. Uh, I really just don't care, unfortunately. And then, of course, to really kind of drive home the fact that this is a family movie, they put a Russian family just shoehorned into the plot at the end. This family is in danger. They're holed up in their house. We don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. I don't know why we're supposed to, I mean, really care outside of just, you know, caring for humanity, but it's really unnecessary. And it also interrupts the final fight just to artificially create stakes, which I just found to be disappointing. And you know what? This is going to be a slam, but I don't care. The end fight looks like it's straight out of Spy Kids 3. It looks that bad. Uh, it's just not exciting when they fight Steppenwolf and it kind of just goes on forever. 
And Diana calls it out that she works with children. She's like, I work with children. I'm like, yeah, and this movie's made for children. And I got to say, it's a really unsatisfying conclusion to Steppenwolf. I'm guessing that they were probably going to bring him back in the sequel. But Steppenwolf has fear and the parademons are attracted to fear. So they clobber him and they zap him up into, you know, he's always getting zapped up into the sky magically. We, we never see a ship or how any of that stuff works. Um, so the bad guys really don't take him down his own horde of monsters do and we, he actually doesn't die which i thought was a definite mistake and the movie ends with a terrible monologue from amy adams i don't know if she's competing for harrison ford for worst monologue thinking of you blade runner but you know and then it's just silly they're going to rebuild wayne manor for the justice league headquarters and then these kids just approach diana after she saves the museum from being robbed just a gaggle of kids the producers probably just pushed onto the edge of the screen so and they don't say anything it's just listening to lois and then lois ends with hope is real up in the sky that is the last line of the movie before the credits roll and you just see Superman bust away like they just created some graphic for it. I cannot believe how this movie ends. Of course, you know, there wasn't a mid credit scene with BBS. So in order to keep up with Marvel, they wanted to recreate this more uh, just in here in Justice League. So Flash and Superman race for some reason, just for, just for kids, just to make the kids, you know, excited and in wonderment. Um, and we don't see who wins. But then at the very end, we go to Arkham Asylum. Lex Luthor has escaped onto a yacht and he meets up with Deathstroke. Slade Wilson to form, as he puts it, a league of their own. Oh, gosh. I roll. So, yeah, that's it for Justice League. It is a very, very watery compromised project that I found to be quite disappointing, honestly. And I get it. It's a compromised vision. It's coming from... Two different directors, different visions, multiple writers, studio interference. Uh, Zack Snyder's cut is going to be twice as long as this. It's going to look and sound wildly different from what I understand. So I'm pretty excited for that. So ultimately, I'm giving Justice League four stars out of 10 with a solid not recommend. My only stipulation to that is... If you do want to watch it with your kids, I think this is a safe way to introduce kids to superhero movies. It's really not too scary. And I'm talking about young kids here. It's really not too scary. Uh, the language really isn't too bad. I think a 10-year-old, 9-year-old, whatever, could have fun with this movie. You could have fun watching it with them and they would enjoy it. But anybody else, I think, would probably be very hard-pressed to find anything to like about this movie. So, this just further mires the DCEU. It's really not a great extended universe, unfortunately. Um, I'm excited to talk about what Snyder has done with his four hours with brand new footage, recutting the film, recoloring it. A different aspect ratio than either of the previous two. So look for that review tomorrow. And then on Monday, Alan and I will be starting our Taken movie review series. So you're not going to want to miss that. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do so. So you don't miss those two upcoming reviews. Listeners, I want to know what you think. Is Justice League, did you have fun with it? I mean, I'm sure some people did just have fun with it. 
but was it a letdown? Is this not a good movie at all? There's very, I found very little redeemable about this movie, except that it really is straight up made for kids or families to enjoy and it not be too violent or scary or too high stakes or anything like that. So I'm curious to know what you think of that. Thanks for joining me, listeners, and I will see you tomorrow with Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.